Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. Hello. Happy Monday, Hello. everyone. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our latest episode of Monday Noosh. Today, we have a special guest, one of my good, good friends, John Edwards. We brought him on. You know, he could talk about everything that he does. And, um, you know, he's in the education system, so we want to really talk to him about um, how the education system works, the pros, the cons, the ups and downs. Um, you know, that go along with that. He's going to talk about some other projects he has going on on the side as well. So without further ado, John, welcome. How's it going, everybody? Thanks hi. Hey, John, good to have you. Hi, John. I feel like we need a close-up moment. Everyone say, hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So first things first, what's you guys' new show of the week? Let Limeade, actually. We chose lemonade, but I had a lot of limes, so. The Persian in um, her jumped out. Yeah, the Persian limes. You know, yeah. the Persian limes you all forgot to use from your fake margaritas that you oh, didn't that make those? real margaritas. Those? Can yeah. we start those. an episode without yeah. shade being thrown? Yeah, no, right? I'm it's never going to let you guys. Can we start an episode with the right noosh? Thank you. Thank you, Mata. Thank you. Even though she has limeade, I'm going to defend her here. Okay, that's fine. At least fine. it up, okay? <laughs> okay, moving on from that, I have our actual noosh. I have lemonade okay. with nice little lemon slices. You know, I go by our rules. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I was I, a little... I told you guys what I was going to drink today. Well, mine was homemade. It wasn't a surprise. Well, for you, maybe that's an adult lemonade. So we'll let you pass. It is, it is. That's it true, is. that's true. Okay, so Armagon, what, what did you make? I made lemonade, just your basic water, lemon, sugar. Yep. Okay, Matta, what do you have? Limeade. Um, Limeade. Same thing, just limes. Okay. More cultural. Nice rim job there, Arta. I was short on time, so I wasn't able to make mine, but I made a quick stop and got gluten-free, non-GMO, raspberry lemonade. Was it organic? I didn't look that far into it. I just grabbed whatever was. It doesn't matter. Gluten-free, but you didn't check if it was organic. Yeah, I so, checked. That part was on the front. That's all I needed to see. Was, okay, then it definitely, yeah. It, it so so it. John and I, because, because you know, we're grown men, uh, we decided that we're going to drink whiskey neat today. Um, this is actually um, Crown Royale XR for our uh, people to see. Um, Interesting. That's a very nice that bottle. Uh, with, with this type of, you know, high-end whiskey, you don't put ice, you don't put ginger ale. You don't put a lemon wedge or a lime wedge. You just. I was gonna say, like could this. could you mix Crown Royale with lemonade? Is that a is that um, a? I would mix the lower end Crown yes. Royale, not this. Right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah you don't want to mix if your bottle is over like fifty dollars. In this case, this one this one's over a hundred. Um, you don't want to mix. Subtle flex. Eh, subtle. Um, subtle. You don't want to mix anything with. I learned this. Uh, when I was probably 21, 22, um, someone had offered me, you know, a drink of this high-end scotch. And back then I would always drink whiskey and Coke together. And it's like, can I get some Coke with it? He's like, if you're going to drink Coke with it, I'm not giving you this whiskey. Because uh, because high-end stuff needs to be, you know, drank as it is, not diluted with anything. I learned that with Blue Label, actually. Yeah, Blue Label's another Yeah, Johnny one. Walker is one of those, yeah. Yeah, I have a Johnny Walker um, Explorer Club Green Label, which is just one notch under blue, and that one you, you just got to drink neat. I think the rule of thumb, if the bottle's over 50 bucks, drink it neat. Good to you know. You don't buy a Ferrari and drive it like a Fiat. Boom. Correct. There you don't you go. put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. There Correct. you go. Okay. No. Before we go on, let's, oh, oh, of course, yet. cheers to our guests this week. Cheers. Cheers, cheers everyone. Everyone. Ooh, I spilled. Okay. That's Let it burn. Our audio listeners now know that you spilled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a podcast. They have to know what's going on. I have to <laughs> tell them. I'm not on over under half of your wardrobe that has a food or drink stain on it. Huh? Over, 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 you guys. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot own white clothing because every time I wear white clothing, immediately within the first. Like minutes, white pants. White pants are the worst. I love, no. I love white own. pants. But but why is that? Though? Oh, I love them, but they just. I yeah. I don't know. I oh and always 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 I always burn myself when I cook. It could be like eggs, and I'll do something. I'm very just clumsy, but I'll make I'll make good food. It's just, yeah, I'm not I'm not spilling this. this oh, get, get hurt in the process. There's just some collateral damage in the process. Yeah, exactly. I'm not spilling a drop. And even if you did, you'd probably lick it up. 
There you go. I, I get a straw. You know, we're, we're classy here. Paper straw. Save there the turtles. Try to save the environment. Save the turtles. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, John, now that we got everybody's drink in order, mm -hmm. take it away. Right, tell, I mean, tell us a little about yourself. All right. So, you know, my name is John Edwards. I started in education right after college during the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009. I was Great times. I was lucky enough to get a job as a substitute teacher in my old high school. And uh, from there, I became a teacher, a football coach, a behavior specialist. Then I'm now at a different school where I became an assistant principal. And I've been doing this is my this will be my third year as an assistant principal this upcoming school year. Uh, so that's the part of me there. Um, I have a daughter. She's going to be entering kindergarten this year. Oh, um, cute daughter. Yeah. Just so, Wait, so will you get... Sorry, will you get to the point during this and talk about how you feel about COVID-19 and sending your daughter to school? I have no problem talking about that. Yeah. Okay, I, okay. I would, I would, I'm like ask, I will, Let's go. I'm okay. I'm <laughs> open in the book. I believe in being a truth teller. And a, yeah. So along with that, um, I've dabbled and dabbled in different entrepreneurial things throughout. I, I grew up in a family that was very much like an employee mindset culture. And I, I, I always didn't identify with it, but I didn't know why. And then what it was, was I tried different things that were um, entrepreneurial based, but then they were still kind of like jobs. And like, I have this whole thing on my Instagram where I talk about the, the, the cash flow quadrant. Like sometimes even being self-employed is still being an employee to your own company. And nice. just so like the whole concept of that, um, I started teaching myself the stock market during COVID and learning how to trade and have money work for itself. Um, yeah. I got into um, music last summer around this time. I've always wanted to be a rapper when I was like a kid, right? But my parents were like, that's not a real job. You can't be a rapper. And so I figured like, now that I'm an assistant principal, what better time than to do what I want to do? Because it's like, it's like, why can't I? I, I did things right. the right way. So this right. so, so, what I want to do. Right. Which um, everything you're saying is actually something that we've touched on in a lot of our previous episodes, mm -hmm. this mindset of like, you can't go for what you actually want to do your passion, like you need to go for that nine to five financially stable job and have that ready to go with your, you know, standard for your college education, and then do what you want to do, which is like, our, a lot of our parents and our culture also have that mindset, but right. but it's nice to see that like you like us has that job and then is doing things on the side that you love to do. So yeah, you know, it's it's important and um and for me it's really to show I like I, if I tell kids that they can be what they want to be, I can't not do the things that I see like I look in the mirror that I know I want to be doing and not do them. Exactly. Right, you can't you can't look them in the eyes and not live that life. You know, that yeah. about advice. On I, yeah, exactly. So, so John, let me ask you, what, um, what was your idea going? What was your career path um, initially like when um, you started this journey on being in the education system? Because I know you have your, your all your degrees are in education, right? No, no, no none of my degrees. Are in education. Oh, no, okay. Or, or my master's is. My um. So my bachelor's degree is in psychology. Um, oh, okay. my goal was to become a, I wanted to get into law. Potentially, I almost actually applied for the FBI when they weren't hiring teachers. Um, because one, a couple of the electives I had took uh, was you know, psychology of criminals, uh, psychology and law, stuff like that. Like, I took a lot of psychology and law and crime-based classes. This um, is a little off topic, but do you like Criminal Minds? Do you watch Criminal Minds? I don't, well, seriously, I don't watch it because, um, I don't know why I don't watch it, but um, oh, it's I took so a whole good. course on that. Like, on the criminal thinking errors. So good. So, I recommend one. It's definitely criminal minds. Yeah, I gotta watch that. Yeah. The original path was uh, psychology, and then um, I actually had no goals or wanting to be a teacher. My principal and mentor had told me that, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I want to do psychology. I want to help kids. I want to do this, do that. Maybe be a guidance counselor, or therapist. And he was like, listen, if you really want to be those things, you can do all of that as an administrator more than any other role. Right. I'm like, true. what do you mean? And he was like, well. In the school system, if you're a, a guidance counselor, you're going to be mostly doing testing and IEPs and, you know, educational tasks, not actually having the time devoted to the therapeutic skill set you have. So he's like, as an administrator, you have kind of more freedom to structure your day that's best for your school mm -hmm. and like be the, be the role that you need to be. Okay, so, so as an administrator, how much pull do you actually have as far as what what's being taught 
how it's being taught and I guess, you know, how, you know, th those two things are really it. I mean, how much pull do you genuinely have? So legally zero. So <laughs> curriculum is based by the state standards, okay. which is right. You know, right. Um, teachers, as long as they are teaching within the curriculum standards, can do whatever they technically want. So as the, long as their plan is linked to a okay, standard. So, so the delivery could be whatever the school or the teacher decides to do, but as long as they're, they're delivering what the state wants to deliver. As long as it's a curriculum, there's really nothing right. I can say um, on the method of how. We can give suggestions. We can we do trainings, and we try to teach best practices. But right. if yeah. you know, if somebody like chooses to do things their way, teachers have that autonomy by contract to do that. Okay, so so now looking as an educator, because I you and I were only a year apart. Yeah. Uh, so we basically grew up in the same education system. Correct. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met question. through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. Okay, like recently or has no, it been? no, Back this college. was yeah. Um, okay. 2007, eight, eight, 2007, eight. Okay. So um, while so, this was going on for you, you guys had met. Okay. Yeah. I was still yeah. in college when we met. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we, we both met at, you know, early years in college. Um, John, where'd you go to college again? Uh, St. Lawrence university. I went all the way to upstate New York. Uh, played football there. I was there on scholarship. I cool. chose it. Um, mainly for the academic money that I was getting, because that is guaranteed. And I was at an era in time where there was a lot of NCAA over signing of athletes, which isn't talked about a lot. But essentially what that is, is let's say there's 25 scholarships. They're going to sign 30 kids on signing day. Oh, and then what happens? The and they're going to go in the summer and they're not going to be there in the fall. Oh. So they just get, <laughs> yeah. just get dismissed. Lost in the sauce. Interesting. And now you teach in high school, right? Yeah, I'm in high school. High school. So, okay, I have a, I have... A bunch of questions but my first one I, and I know this probably changes day to day but like what's if someone wanted to you know follow your footsteps and be an assistant principal what would you say a day in your life in that role is like obviously it changes every day but you know some mm -hmm. of the things you have to do all the time it is one of the one things that literally it sounds so cliche there's not one day that is identical or similar to any other day right because okay. essentially we literally put out fires and while we have our tasks to do so like we're all over certain different areas of the school like you have to look at a school as like a big business because mm -hmm. it is like there's you know 300 employees there's 2,000 students and i may be supervising over a whole grade level and 30 teachers so that's you know technically you know maybe about a thousand five a thousand people under my responsibility right yeah so anywhere so i'll get to work um, safety and security, obviously, after Stoneman Douglas has been a major first concern. Um, so I'm, I'm doing perimeter checks. I'm looking at gates. I'm walking the campus, looking for any unusual objects, doing like a whole safety walk. Um, yeah. Then it's making sure buses are on time, parent pickup is set up on time, making sure that there's all the teachers are at work on time because the substitutes is an issue having uh, – it's a, there's a shortage of subs every day in our county. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a factory. You got to make sure every moving part is every going. Every part is set up and like, and it's, you're doing it at like. Rapid speed. It's in 30 minutes. It's 30 minutes of just nonstop, this, this, this. And obviously at any moment in time, something could change. A kid could slip and fall in the cafeteria. A fight could start. This right. could happen. A teacher could get in a car accident. Like all of these variables happen on the daily to where the whole, there's like a little wrench thrown in the system. Yeah, and you'll sit down, reset, and you know, schedule your day on really you. Like we'll have a team meeting, and then where we go over the major things that need to get done, and then it's you have your long list of projects that you have to tackle, and then it's really about learning how to delegate tasks, follow through, supervise them, and then if so, doing them yourself if it needs to be done. So it's a it's a just a it's a managerial based job with the blend of being an instructional person in the classroom. So, so, you, can. so, so you, you wear a lot of hats, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I feel like, you know, obviously being in an administrative position that whether it's a school or any company, you know, you have different responsibilities. Right. Okay? Yeah. You know, you can go be a teacher. Again, I'm not taking away that being a teacher is an easy, I'm not saying it's an easy job. I'm just saying it's kind of like, that's your task. Perfect that craft. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, whereas John has to jump in and know a thousand different things from a thousand different aspects Correct. of the school. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, the history teacher doesn't really need to know 
what the parent pickoff drop off issue is unless they're the ones you know or manning those stations right. Right. or what to do if a fire door isn't opening like you don't have to you just mm-hmm. call somebody and I have to figure right. out right um and then that's another thing too like so if a teacher's missing and there's no sub we go teach the class too oh really so, yeah, like, you know, it's like, oh, I got to go teach band today. Well, go teach oh, band. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, so, like, it's, it's, um, briefly talking about teaching, um, from this, what I've learned, like, there's a standard formula that just works in teaching people how to do anything. I don't care if it's in the school system, in corporate America, like, there's certain things that are good learning principles, period. Mm-hmm. And once you're good at that, you can technically teach any topic. You don't have to so- be an expert at it. You have to, once you, you get the fundamentals down, you have to know how to facilitate learning. You don't have to be an yeah, expert. That, in, in does that translate teaching in the college, or is that more of a K through twelve thing? Yeah. No, that's everything. I mean, because if you even look at college, right? Like at least major universities. I mean, a lot of your your daily teacher is a is a student, a grad student. Like, yeah, true. It's yeah. Content experts aren't always good teachers. Like, there's right. a lot of professors that don't know how to teach. Yeah, yeah, they agree. Like, sure. know everything Knowledge about it, but doesn't mean they know the delivery. On yeah, there's a whole pedagogy and a science of teaching, and then there's being a content expert. Mm-hmm. And like the goal would be to have both, like a content expert who that understands how to teach. But sometimes you can take a, ter- a person who doesn't know anything about a topic, and they can kids will bless learn you, that you, subject. You. Thank you. <laughs> I taught history. I never took a history class in college. The first class I taught. Okay, let, let's talk about history class for a second. There's been a lot of um, things going on, things going on in the news right. about what's actually being taught in history class versus what actually happened. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay, I remember what I learned in history class, mm-hmm. and I remembered all the things I learned on my own outside of history class. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, it's because it's so comfortable when you don't know to teach the book because it's a I guess the deeper question is why is the book omitting so many important things? Well, <laughs> all right. So now you're getting into my um. Just my, opened up a really big opened like, up a can hole. of worms. I'm okay. okay. Hey, Tell okay. us your thoughts, your hey, real cool thoughts. All right. Here's my personal opinion about that. You have to look at the school system as as a greater thing. I'm not talking about one school in particular. Like the idea of public schooling is to get you ready to be a average citizen in the country right right the formula for schools hasn't changed since the 50s so, so, which so, is right. insane so is the idea so of college to make you above outdated. average well right that's what they tell you to i don't to listen though no, i don't i don't think the idea, college is supposed to make you above average i think college is the same thing that john's saying about k through 12 i think they also in college you learn from textbooks unless you have an extraordinary professor who tells you the facts outside of what the textbook that he's teaching you from or she, he or she and, and most good professors do so you would hope or they so, write their own textbooks. So you exactly. Know exactly but there's your I mean, you'll get a handful of ones that just read straight from the board and it's like Yeah. I can't go through a PowerPoint or whatever it is. Yeah. But so I don't think for me, I didn't have that experience in college. So I went to a very small school. I was research based and we had to all do research. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I've so otherwise like so many like math teachers who just stand there on the board and they just write. And they write the whole class and that's it. You know, there's no explanation. They just I would say teaching's gotten better since we were in school. Even if um I was gonna follow up with that. I was saying <laughs> me me coming up uh, in the school system, whatever, you know, during that time it was all about standardized testing. You gotta just, you know, learn for the test, you know, mm-hmm. FCAT, whatever. And now I guess they replaced FCAT. There is still standardized testing in Florida per se. Yeah. It's just a but, different name now. But uh, yeah, it's just a different name. But I wonder if now they push to try to actually educate these kids on, you know, real life problems and solutions, or is it still kind of following the same model of we're going to have a test at the end of the year and everyone prepare for that because we got to look good, you know, for state budgets and whatnot. Right. And, right. See, uh, I went to a private school and we never had to take the cat or the, like any yeah. of those types of. Yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to, before I let John say, I also, I feel like I'm a little bit biased because my mom's a teacher. So I kind of hear about the things she has to go through daily and how mm-hmm. other teachers are, even though she teaches elementary. I mean, the things that teachers go through and the strict standards and, and <laughs> all the stuff that they special. have. Yeah. All the stuff they have to teach by. I'm like, if this is your schedule that you have to give the kids for the day, how are they going to learn anything? And she's like, you'd be surprised. So many teachers don't even go by this. And I walk into their classroom and half the time the kids are just playing board games because the teacher doesn't feel like so going watching by the, the show. Exactly. Okay. So, they so don't feel I... like going by that. All right, John. So I have a question about 
the perception of parent-teacher conferences now versus when we were in school, okay? Ooh. Is the perception accurate that when we were in school, our parents would come at us if we, were, if we weren't performing in school? And is the perception correct now that the parents go at the teachers when their kids aren't performing in school? I get a mix. Me, I have some old school parent too. Um, still under the notion that you're always wrong, teacher um, is right. And then I have some parents who enable their child. Like it's just either like I actually get a mix. Okay. I would say um, in my previous school, I didn't get a much of a mix. It was mostly the teacher's fault. Well, yeah, because <laughs> again, it goes to where the demographics of the school was. His his <laughs> first high school he taught at was in a very rich neighborhood right um the privileged people who think that they didn't do anything wrong and right and now he teaches more in 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 kind of like a more middle middle class Mm -hmm. uh neighborhood versus you know an upper middle class neighborhood so the variety changes it's different now um you know we all grew up we all grew up with parents who you know the teacher could have done anything and our parents would always vouch for them you know it was never like Mm -hmm. it was always like it was always always Yeah, it was always our fault. Like, oh, you probably didn't do your homework, Greg. Oh, you probably were talking too much. Oh, this. Oh, you know, that. oh, if, if that happened to every other kid, that doesn't matter. Like, it should have happened to you. Or so, in you guys' cases, you were probably on your phones in high school. No. My, my high school, I'm going to be really honest, was like a, I feel like I was getting babysat. Like, it was like a drop off, you know, like. So, so for context, Mata was in a private high school. And- yeah. Private Catholic high school. Private so Catholic you could class. imagine, like, Mine it's the, the you know, I would order sushi to like my freshman PE teacher's classroom and just like skip all my classes for a day. Goals. And just, like, okay. and watch friends. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, you know, I was legit getting like paying them to be. So I would say the majority of the parents in Matta's high school would blame the teacher. Yeah. Amen. Except for Matta's parents. That's what I'm saying. Except for Matta, you know, they would blame the teacher. Yeah. And Arta and I didn't really go to We didn't go to high, high school. school. Yeah. One we year. went to high school for one year, but it wasn't even real high school. Not even. And then we just we went, went to like college, college in 10th grade. So it was Starting totally at 15 years flex. old, we started in college. Subtle flex. flex. <laughs> That's a major flex. What do you mean? <laughs> Subtle flex. That's awesome. Not even. Regretted terribly. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Social skills? Yeah, that's the one thing, uh, you know, like my other friends that went to that school would tell me is like, they would be like, I'm living like vicariously through you. Like your prom, your homecoming, just like football, everything. They'd be like, you know, and I'd take them. I'd be like, yeah, like they go here, <laughs> you know, but, also, but it is something they always said. Also, they Arta, you were like the second graduating class of the uh, second or third. So you no, only we, had were, like- we were, we were the fourth. So the first, the first graduating class maybe had three graduates. Yeah. Then it was like five, then oh, wow. ten, and our class was 20 right. that graduated. Now the kids in high school, they have a, like 150 to 200 kids now in the high school. Right. Because my grade was 78 kids. So it was a little, a, a bit better than you guys. How many I teachers? Mean, well, well, what do you, it was the they classic seven. It was for ninth grade. It was the classic standard. The standard, period. the regular curriculum, yeah. math, science, history. Gym, music, um, music, choir, all that stuff. Spanish, whatever. But Spanish. then all how, many people, how many people per classroom? What is it? Like 10 people across? We would all go together. Well, me it anyways. Was for ours. All moved together. For ours, it was split into three different groups. So like there was 20 something of us and we mm. all had basically the same science period, same math. There was only one teacher. So, so the ratios teacher. were the same as far yeah. as uh, students to teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to those can of worms. So, so we know that- You're talking about the history part, right? The history part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we know that we, we, what's in the book is what the teachers have to teach for the most part. Wrong, actually. Well, I, I'm saying what's- What's what the state, the state gives you the book, the state gives you the book, um, and the state tells you teach them XYZ from the book. No, no, no. no. So, so here's the okay, thing. Tell me. I personally threw away my textbooks. I thought his threw it out the door first day of class. I said, We're not using the textbook, we're using the standards. Two different things. So, the standards you have a group of people that write the book based on the standards, right? Right. So, what do they do for their knowledge base? These are Floridians. So they look up scholarly articles and do this, and then they write their interpretation right. as interpretation. fact from yeah. that. So I'm like, we're going to skip the middleman. And go right to the and scholar. And we're going right to the, sco- the source of the oh. scholarly articles in my class. 
text book out the door. So how would that I'm work? Like, how, can you, how can you learn about world history from a perspective of a Floridian? Right. And it'd be accurate. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, or would you rather learn from a perspective of an actual historian? Yeah, like, I, mean, I want to hear about a historian from Germany's article about something translated into English, right? I want to hear about that. Exactly. So how would you, so instead of a textbook, you would just find all these articles and resources and just teach those and with like handouts and, and whatnots and right. give out articles. Oh, okay. Those the readings. So in terms of quizzing or testing them, do you make that up yourself or is there a certain pool of questions that you have so to- So we get resources. Like, so my whole thing was this, my personal belief is I'm very like free choice person, like less government control right um i mean so i guess you say i'm extremely conservative when it comes to education like i don't believe in any government influence over the teacher i think the teachers should have that standard to be the expert in both content and delivery delivery that's like the ideal teacher so i literally became a mini historian and just read a lot about history to the part where i could confidently talk about things that you wouldn't find in your textbook. And that was the way I taught my class. And it's amazing how kids that normally don't test well and do well, there's so much research that shows that what kids perform well in when it's culturally relevant to them Correct. from that angle, right? So, you know, if, um, if most of the stuff in textbooks is written from a rural American perspective, like if you grew in a rural area on a farm, you know, like that type of mindset, if you look at the, the, the reading samples in standardized tests, Mm-hmm. It always has to do with like experience. If you have that experience, you're going to do better all the way based off that alone. So right. when you bring culturally relevant things to kids and let kids pick the resources, it's a whole different ballgame. So I would give kids the standards and say, I need you to go find the resources that fit that and make them do their own research. Well, well now, now I guess it's easier um, with the technology Correct. at their fingertips. Um, so with good. us, we would either go to the computer lab right, um, or go to the library and pull up an encyclopedia or mm-hmm. go pull up those history books. So, so John and I, you know, even though we're all, you know, five to 10 years apart in age, John and I have a completely different learning experience um, than you guys did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because we had to yeah. actually go physically find these different things. Yeah. I didn't get an online database till college. We had it in high school, but like, nobody knew how to use it. Okay. So one thing, John, like you're saying how, you know, everything that's in the questions in the exams or in the textbook, it's assuming you grew up a certain way and you had a certain lifestyle and you're a certain type of person. But something that's crazy, like when we would take tests when I was younger, even though this sounds so stupid, the names in the questions, they would like all be Sally like, Sally and Billy. Sally, Kevin went to the market and got three apples and two bananas. How much did Kevin spend? Or Mary or Kate or all these things. And I was like, I never, I'm never going to see my name or my other friends' names that are all not completely white American. I'm never going to see their names or our names in any test questions. So I remember the first time I saw a name that wasn't a white American name was when I took the SAT in 11th grade and the name Mohammed was in the test question Mm. and my first initial thought was they go and pick the most basic name the most generic the most common name in the world exactly they pick Mm. like it took them this long for one to have like one name in an SAT question so think about all the other kids growing up who don't Mm -hmm. see any representation of who they are and their family are you you just upset you couldn't find your name at Disney World on one listen I can't find my name anywhere okay they have those Instagram things going on right now that you everyone's been posting those stories and it's like hey Alex Mia and I'm like yeah this is I cannot find my name I spent 20 yeah. minutes the other day on an Instagram chain of what food are you? And I couldn't even find my middle name on there, let alone my actual name. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so going off the point she was saying, mm-hmm. so, so year after year, I remember um, from, I want to say about fourth grade on through senior year, right? Um, we would take, I, I want to say it was always about four weeks of curriculum from my memory. I don't know. It could have been shorter. It could have been longer. And we would talk about the Holocaust and the atrocious events that it was. That's fine. Now, why is it that we learned about that atrocity, but didn't learn in detail about what happened right here in the United States with Black people and slavery and, and, and the South and the Confederacy and also to Native Americans and also to women's suffrage and all these different things that we just right. learn about that 
now even there was right. some things that I had no idea that happened mm -hmm. that I just learned in the last few weeks. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's ridiculous. Um, you know what it is, is um, I would explain this to kids. I used to teach about slavery um, in my psychology class. Mm -hmm. um, I, used to, I used to fit it in however I could. Like, oh, that standard talks about that. All right, perfect. Slavery conversation. Like, that was my mindset. Not a lot of people are going to do that because they're afraid of the fallback. I'm not afraid of that. There's really, like, losing a job is not the biggest fear to me. It's just not. So I rather, and knowing I'd rather be a truth teller. Talk about what you're saying. You're absolutely right. There's been so many genocides. Don't get talk about history. Rape of Nanking. The Armenian genocide. Armenian genocide. Africa is still going on right uh, now. Yeah. Still yeah. slave trade in Africa right now. Apartheid. Like, <laughs> um, that's like a small little nugget of a chapter. Put it this way, African history is one chapter in the textbook. It's a not, continent, a continent's history, not a country, the history of a whole continent right. is in one chapter. And then you have a whole chapter on a Roman empire and a whole chapter on the Greek empire. That alone tells you, but like America is based off of those two empires. Correct. The Greek right. system is infused in our college. And right. our story, like, like it's, it's literally like a reflection yeah, of the, those the, two. Found, the founding fathers decided that they're going to take the best of each system throughout history and make the United States. Okay? Not even the best of each system because you don't, the Mayans and the Olmecs have more sophisticated systems than the Greeks. And, and I'm not talking about culturally the best. I'm just talking about right. government. Yeah wise but but yeah. realistically democracy came from native americans okay. that wasn't even like that, that we don't have a democracy we're in a we're a republic that's true we, we use that term but the native the original you know back then the original democrats were actually the republicans yeah yeah they, they had different parties um, like like abraham lincoln was a, a republican so but they had liberal views so so that never like, changed actually guys i'll go into that Really All right, go, go into it. <laughs> so that is a facade that has never changed. The Democratic Party has been, the, Demo the Democratic Party has always been the party of slave owners. And oh, it still is. really? Yes. The the I'm learning yes, a lot right now. The original Republicans were black. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. So, that, that, that but now it's the opposite. Never changed. Never changed. Because if you look at the principles of the African-American community. Okay. It's the principles of the Republicans. Like, really look at it. I remember this was very conservative. I, we don't like government control. We were slaves. Like, yeah. we're not a, like, we don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest dupe in American history, which never gets talked about, like you said, like, is the redlining that happened. Um, the gerrymandering. Yeah, I was going to talk about gerrymandering. So, like, I'll, I'll give you the history lesson. See, I was taught history through my grandmother's eyes, who grew up as a native in Tampa, and she was born in 1920. Oh, okay. So, when my grandma grew up in segregation, she talks about segregation being the best thing for America. Desegregation was the was one of the biggest issues in our community because it was the shutdown of black business and integration mm -hmm. into white business mm -hmm. and then giving them the control of our school system, which we had the control of. Yeah. So now what happens? You're not learning your history anymore again. Because it's, it's all it's literally like slavery the, all over again. Yeah. So just like just like what happened in Tulsa. You guys had your own black stock. Oh, exactly. You know, Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. All black people were business owners because you know why? When slavery ended, they're the ones who built the country. They built the buildings. They built the industries. They built, the, they built it. So they knew how to build their own country or society, essentially. And it was thriving. Own my, my uncle, my great uncle, my grandma's brother, owned a hotel in Louisiana that's a Sheridan right now. You know, like he owned a black radio station. Like all those things got shut down during desegregation. So what happens is, just like gentrification right now. Because I, I, I guess come, the internet, what, what you're saying is when desegregation happened, whites didn't come into black businesses. Black businesses had to um, dissolve almost combined and, with yeah. be a part of white the white business. business. Well, the, here's the thing. Here's the dupe. Here's the whole dupe in the system. They'll buy out your business and then red, and not let you get a new loan for something else. Mm. So it's they're like gonna, gentrification. It's, it's, like it's gentrification saying, without yeah. allowing you to... Now you have cash with nowhere to put it. Yeah, it's no, not giving you the mortgages. So yeah. they'll come to your house and they're going to, my grandmother's house, my, my great grandfather built that house with his bare hands. It was bought for 10 times its value to turn into a shopping plaza or whatever. So what happened? Great grandma got a fat check. Mm -hmm. Okay. Guess what? Now she's got this fat check. She wants to go live in a nice neighborhood. Yeah. They don't allow her now. So now she has money yeah, right. and no house that she can buy because they just sold her house and, and that's what happened and it's still a problem and it's still a problem it's yeah still a and problem. Th there was this um 
with the protest going on about two months ago or when was it? Yeah, two months ago. There was this like three minute cartoon video going around showing how like the racism happening now is systemic because years and years ago, like the great great grandparents of a white child now and a black child now had to go through all of like what you're saying with the mortgages and being able mm-hmm. to buy a house and getting kicked out of where they live. All of yeah. that affects how they live now, which is why it's, that it's about, it's about generational wealth correct and if yes, you didn't sell yeah. your house guess what happened somebody would end up hanging on a tree in front of your house so oh, you're going to sell your house so yeah. it, and then then what the democrats do is really disguise themselves coming to help you we're for you we're going to build the housing projects we're going to do this we're going to give you assistance but guess what to qualify for this assistance to get this house a man can't live in the house or we, ha- or we have to come and check every day or week to see if the They'll children check to okay. see if a man's in the house or not so what does yeah. that do it breaks up the family unit well, like there's a whole yeah. systemic well, process for that. Well, what were the questions that? Okay, so the, what was it that they they pass a law that black men? This is before women can even vote. Mm-hmm. Black men can vote, but they have to take what a cognitive test. Right. How many bubbles on a bar of soap? Something like that. Yeah, random. Like how, how many how many <laughs> strands of hair on a, on a head of hair? I'm sorry, but I feel like uh, white voters nowadays need to have some kind of like common sense test. <laughs> I don't think it's. <laughs> well, I the think thing it's is, all it's the crazies all, now. Here's the thing about voting, and like I'm gonna just throw this out there, and it's gonna be a can of worms, and maybe you guys talk about another day. Voting is just a masonic ritual, period. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, it's just tricky. Until we have a strictly popular vote. Correct. The whole electoral, electoral college, I think, is so outdated. That concept, we have technology now. It's just a ritual. It's a popularity concept. It's a ritual. You, you can have, like, you know, people say, if you could do your taxes online, do all these important things online, mm-hmm. you know, why can't you vote online? Um, now, I get it on, do you know how, how little actual voter fraud there is based on like i'm not talking about now now we were talking about i don't want to get into it too much about russia russia didn't hack the actual voting process they they hacked the brainwashing of yeah, propaganda America. the propaganda, yeah, propaganda they, they unleashed all the it twitter is, bots it's actually very hard to hack our actual voting system right so and it's all old yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's analog yeah. I don't know. Let, let's talk about that miscount in Florida with the Bush and Gore. The, vo- the, the hanging chads. See, I remember I was in, I think you, you, should, you would have been in seventh grade, I think. I was in sixth grade when that happened. I remember that. I remember my social studies teacher just losing his shit over this whole thing. Okay. Um, it, it was, was such I've, a national embarrassment. I haven't heard of what it was. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was like, because here's, the thing, about, little, here's the thing about voting, right? Absentee ballots only get counted if the regular polls have been a certain number. That's insane. Which I is kind of crazy because so- who's doing absentee ballots? College students and elderly people. Yeah. yeah. Typically what? And people who can't, who can't and, vote. And, vote. Typically, yeah. and typically those are the people that vote left. And so that's why you have a lot of the people on the right. Those don't get counted voting. unless the actual polling it, I mean, it's all, it's all the margin. Right. I just remember, I think it was two years ago when elections were happening for like governor of Georgia. And I remember a lot of polling people in line at the polling stations or whatever you want to call it. They were in line for hours. And I guess yeah. you're still supposed to let people in, even if that yeah, polling rule, place closes. As as you're in line, but you're before in. that before time. The- before the time there, yeah there's there a lot of voter suppression yeah and there were some people in line for two hours and then at eight o'clock they're like oh kicking everyone out you're and they're like we've been in line for two hours and we don't care we're closing that's it and because they all knew that all those people yeah clearly we're gonna vote, we're gonna vote left direction. and it's a red state so it's just it's crazy. yeah and then you have and how uh, insane polling is that, stations that closing and then and then you end up with fifty thousand voters having to vote at one polling station which you know, it, it's it's not gonna happen. Kentucky doing that. Crazy. That's the thing. In, in, that, rural, in rural areas, polling station. In rural areas, you only have one or two voting areas. So if someone doesn't have access to car or public transportation, Absolutely. there's no way for them to get out to that area to vote. There's communities in rural areas where kids are not going to school because of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have there's, there's no there's no bus routes, nothing that takes you know to the area so 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 there's a lot of heavy stuff that we could talk about the education system how history right. was taught goes into voting so why, why don't i ask this question well okay go, go ahead you got a question Anima? 
Well, I don't, I don't know your questions, but I have a few questions more on the lighter side for him. Well, that's what yeah. I was getting to as okay. well. Yeah. So, okay. My first question, this, this might not be super light, but I'm going to go into it. So you said mm-hmm. you're an assistant principal and then you also mm-hmm. do all of these other side jobs on the side. Like, how do you manage doing all of that? And how do you have, like, how do you motivate yourself to keep going to do all that? Cause being an assistant principal itself sounds extremely hectic and stressful. So like, mm-hmm. what, what do you do <laughs> to organize yourself? and your thoughts and keep going two things learning how to say no oh is no important okay. like being like saying no is a skill that i think isn't taught either like we're taught to like always want to please and like be yes men and women but like saying no and having boundaries number one like there's certain things i'm not doing after a certain time like mm-hmm. no I'm we're taught to we're taught to obey our oppressors yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like actually a thing in our culture where like, it's rude to say no, like your house should always be open to guests. You should always, you know, give them your all. Even if you're super tired and someone asks you to do something, you do it for them because it's still got to just throw out the question. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, I I understand that. Like I, I get it culturally just from a, from like to answer your question. Right, 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 right. So that was one. Number two, what's the second one? Um, Taking the monkey off your back. So like, um, it's a great book I read. It's like the one minute monkey, it's something like that. Um, One of my mentors suggested it because he saw that I was like running around like, yo, he's like, you got to like put work back on people bringing you work. Like Mm -hmm. take the monkey off your back. So it's like, hey, Mr. Edwards, I have the, send me an email about that. Okay. Oh, that's my favorite response to people. Send me an email and they never send you the email. So because it wasn't important to figure it out <laughs> or, or it's like it's so it's like it's putting a lot of times people already have the answers to the questions they're asking and so it's really redirecting them to find their own answers and when you do it with dignity um it empowers people mm-hmm. so it's like if a teacher's like oh i don't know if i can do this or this or this or that like what do you think is best like i'll just ask them that what do you think is best well that, i think this is about yeah. one like well sounds like you know your answer already good job i like it and then like that way i don't have to make the decision and so it just gives me more mental I think I saw a study like a principal makes 10,000 decisions a day and an assistant principal makes like seven or five or something like that. So like the whole goal is like the less decisions you make in your day, the less fatigue you're going to feel the end of it to do other things. So like I lower my decisions. I saw like with my clothing also too, like I'm very minimal with like my, I wear the same stuff. I have like, I have like 10 of the same shirt, you know, like five. Trying to instill quality into every aspect instead of just getting a lot of it or basically learn how to delegate, you know, it's not learning how to delegate. it's, It's about coming. Don't come with me. Don't come at me with a problem. Come at me with a solution. And, and then that gives you more. Yeah. And then it's that teaching gives people you. to be solution-based around you. So if you okay. come with a solution, maybe we can have a constructive conversation and how that solution is going to work and how you can apply it. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, you know, I don't like this color being blue. Come with me to say, you know, I don't like this blue, but I think. We should do so and so. Yeah. Right. And honestly, uh, then another part of it is honestly just sacrificing time. It is what it is. Like if you if just if you have certain goals, like I'm gonna get up at five a.m. and do this, or I'm not. Right. But like my Angela used to wake up like three in the morning every day to write and then go to her job until she didn't have to go to her job anymore. Like it just yeah. at some point you have to just decide. Like I'm gonna sacrifice some time to get years ahead of something. Yeah. For, for the future. All I, right. I have another question. Wait, Mata had a question. Let, let oh yeah, Mata, go ahead. Well, mine might be a little bit towards the end because they're more like lighthearted questions. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Well, I want to know like the, I don't know if craziest is the term, but like kind of best experience you've had. Best? Craziest. That was a question I wanted. That was a like what aspects? I think she means, well, I was oh, going to wow. ask that in regards to like students, teachers, anything yeah. wild and crazy you experienced where you were like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Right, Mata? I think that's yeah. what okay, Yeah. <laughs> One of the wildest things I've ever been a part of, um, even to this day, like, and it's a ritual at, at my old school. It's wild. We had, there's a, every year when the seniors leave school, they do a shaving cream party. Oh, we did that. And with 5,000 kids and throwing shaving cream and this and that, like it's no matter how much you control it, it's uncontrollable. It's wild. Yeah. And then what is is it? One year we had Florida surprise and come to the school and give us a prize concert. So then it was nuts. Like it was just pandemonium and it was a good time. But But what what is it though? They like literally are in a few? pack their bag of shaving cream on the last day and then they just go nuts. We had like some kids who had trucks in the parking lot. Their whole back of the 
truck would just be shaving cream. So people are like jumping in it. So that's the thing. It's amazing to see it get clean. It's it's so much shaving cream, you need lawn blowers to like blow it (laughs) off the ground. So it's literally all over the school, just shaving cream. No, we keep it in the patio. Okay. But it's just, so like we learned how to contain it. Because at first, kids were around the school. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we're gonna let you do it. You got shaving cream in the pool. And it became a tradition. You see what we're missing, Arta? We missed freaking shaving cream day oh, at a normal high school. <laughs> have, have, have. Did you guys not have a senior prank? No, we didn't have anything. Well, my grade didn't have anything. I think my sister's grade had like, oh, some brunch thing where you decorate your senior crown or something. But it was stupid. Like nobody shows up to these things at our school because all they want yeah. to do work. No, the prank was they just gave us their diploma and said, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Literally, there was no Enjoy fun. the debt. So, so have I have a couple hard hitting questions um, now. Since uh, I went to public school, I don't think any of you went to public high school. Is the apple juice game still strong? Um, no, actually, it it kind of changed a little bit. You only have the carrot juice now. Do you think it's like really? sweeter now? Carrot juice? I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, carrot juice. Now. So actually, there's healthier options. Can you, can you speak? Oh, yeah, because after Michelle Obama. Oh, it's Michelle Obama. Yeah. Oh, so okay. the the, yeah. the rice is now brown rice. The bread is always wheat, no matter what. Biscuits, all that. Oh, so By the way, there's no stuff. really difference between brown and white, right? I know, but it looks better. So, <laughs> it's the perception, buddy. It's the perception. So um, we're just teaching these kids a uh, false perception. Do they? Do the kids always. know how to do taxes now? If they took my econ class, they do. Okay. Yeah, but, that's um, something that's so annoying. I taught them in my econ class by hand, using the actual charts. Can they change a tire? So we had auto shop. And that, okay. that program ended now. But we have, at my school, we have a construction. And okay. we have kids actually getting how hired. Sure. How was your art like, system? What was that, Mata? How was your like arts and everything? You know, arts I think arts. Art. Um, it, it depends on the person you have, but it's always valued. It's just um. Oh, not the first to get the budget cut. Um, no, it's not the first to get the budget cut. But the problem with arts is um. The band geeks got that one. There's no seat limit by state mandate. So um, like certain like English class, you only got 25 kids in the class. Yeah. So there's no seat rule for our class. So what happens is they get overcrowded easier. So you load up with 50 you, kids you just, and you have the and space. It, and you don't even, you're not trying to do it, but literally it becomes like a, I have to keep these classes low. So naturally those get higher. Okay. Like it's one of those like. Yeah, my, my friend is an art teacher for middle school and she says like half the kids there aren't even paying attention to like the art curriculum. They're just there as like a free hour just to like hang out and chill until their next class and she gets frustrated yeah. because she really wants to like push these kids and like attempt at it or try it but they're just like know. no yeah, that's just it's a school by school scheduling thing so like the best thing to do like what we have in my high school i can say that we're good at is we have a lot of career options so that kids don't just take art for no reason like because we we have aerospace we have construction we have horticulture where kids are outside gardening we have culinary Be- have, because, because that rolls into that allows them to well, pick I, what they like and i then, feel like that right. kind of rolls into people getting to unnecessary student debt in college because they'll, they'll take art all throughout high school and then want to get an art degree in college and i don't want i don't want to be stereotyped as an art degree is a useless degree but i want to say more times than not they're just saddled with debt and not being able to make enough money to pay that student loan well, well also the art like- degrees i don't i me personally my daughter will not get art Care. Well, like, the thing with I'm those, sorry, but no, I'm not paying for that. The because thing with you those can, degrees, though, is that like you need to do a lot of work on the side. You can't just get an art degree and go work just like somebody that got a biology degree. Right. It's no nine to five. You have to put in the work yourself. Exactly. You need right. to have your. You have to be creative and how you. Yeah, you need to make connections. It. You need to do all this art on the side. If you're a business major, you need to like try to have your own startup on the side. So when you actually want to go get a job, you have something to show for yourself. You know, that applies to most things, though. Yeah. yeah, for everything you have to work hard. But I think some people are like, oh, you have a literature degree. Oh, you have an art degree. You can't do anything with that. I mean, you can, but you you, you have to be one of those people that it's not set in stone. What you can yeah, do with you it. do things on the side extra for. But when that. you do like you know find something and it works, then you're doing so much better than everyone else. My thing is this. Why can't you do all those things on the side and then take a couple art classes? Exactly. Self-taught. Yeah. I'm saying for the people that genuinely want to go for that degree, they have to understand that to stand down, they need to do things on the side for that. Can you tell me a scenario where you had a situation with a student or a group of students and it was just so asinine, whatever happened, that 
you couldn't laugh in front of them, but afterwards you couldn't stop laughing. Wow, there's a lot of those. We want to hear all of them. <laughs> Who defecated themselves? I'm trying to think. I mean, so <laughs> that's a good one. I have a dark sense of humor, so things go, like go for it, man. That shouldn't be funny to me or hilarious. Go, oh, I love here, like we, I find we, it we so funny when too. people like get hurt in like shows or something, so, like Wipeout. What I find really funny um, sometimes are like. Um, I'm like scared. Really funny, like the kids are supposed to be like really tough, right? They're like they, they talk a lot, and then like when they get into physical altercation, they and curl up, and then when and then when they just don't come to the show like they say they were, and like <laughs> the, the most random person you never thought, like it's funny to me. Like I I don't condone it, but it's like and then like, yeah, the crazy thing is. If you're gonna talk all office, that talk, like, back yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all pumped up, like you didn't do it. Like you gotta knock the hell out. Bro. And then you hear the guy on the phone, like, "Yeah, man, I got a fight with so and so, man. I beat the crap out of him." Trying not to laugh, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." Um, like, secretly I'm watching, <laughs> secretly watching on the sidelines, waiting for something to happen so they could prove themselves, and then you have to do your actual job. <laughs> I, I guess that's the advantage of being. A, a young administrator is that you're not too far removed from yeah. the generation. Like, this is so silly. Like, okay. right. like there's one kid, I'm like, just stop talking crap. They'll stop jumping you, I promise. Like, just yeah. stop running you <laughs> like, like, he, he couldn't help so, it. Like, think about it. What, you were 25 when you became a teacher, right? 23. 23. So think about it. Five years removed from high school. Yeah. that's You're like- a teacher. So you're not too far removed from the generation where you can just – be like, listen, I know what, like, in your head, you're like, I know what you're doing. Stop being a complete moron. Yeah, well, you want to say that sometimes, like, it's not appropriate. So, like, you just laugh it off and, like, give the advice. Um, There's certain kids who are, like, honestly, there's certain kids who I will spend the whole day with. I'm like, you know what? I'm, we need to fix you now. Because if you don't learn this now, and I'll sit down and I'll make them read books about them to themselves. Like, sit down and read this. That's your punishment today. Wait, why? I'm not letting you go to IS. You're going to enjoy that. You're going to like the notoriety of, like, yeah, I got in trouble when I'm in IS. Does so. detention on IS work? For some kids. Okay. So you have, like, you have – I look at it like this. You have your regulars who like it better than class. And whenever a kid likes it better than class, I wonder okay. what's the underlying learning issue that they're ashamed of. Okay. Yeah. That's right. the first thing in my mind. Like, you like this – See, and I, and I feel like a lot of educators don't think that way. They just think they're a problem. He's the, yeah, he's a troublemaker. He's, he's troublemaker. the clown of the class. They, you know. they don't think that maybe – you know, nobody's the house. Um, they don't think maybe, you know, even in these, in these rich neighborhoods, you know, the parents could just be negligent and not, not like as far as violent or anything, just not giving the kids not, any not attention. Present. Yeah. Time of day or yeah, how, so, how was your day at school? Like none of that, like comfort, no, like none of know. that. So it could be all these underlying issues and they're acting out in school and they're just putting it, Oh, it's just a problem child, whatever, stick him in tension and, and that's it. And just, and actually still continue to pass him or her right until well, they hit the real world and then and then they get hit by a brick wall yeah because like, here's what thing that happens like going repeatedly to detention is just simulating jail that's all right. you're doing you're simulating jail a security guard picks you up from your classroom and walks you to the little room where you just sit oh, there and come out all day and you're that's humiliated by everyone what happens in the time. real world you can't hold a job because you're okay brutal. let me ask you in, today, in today's uh, time so you, so you're an is all you do is just studying because you can't be on your phone or anything, right? Hold on, guys. What does what does IS mean? Internal <laughs> yeah, suspension. And what? Internal suspension. So basically, you're suspended from school, but you have to still come to school and serve it within the school. It's not mm. bad enough to go home, but it's bad enough where you can't be in class anymore because okay. you're disrupting the learning. So it's like basically a one week long. 8 32 2 o'clock suspension or for the day or for the day see like you're or saying detention. i feel like that's that's School terrible suspension. for kids because that just isolates them like use that time to teach them why what they did was wrong and have them understand that instead of putting I, them in I, an I, isolating well, space. i personally think if you got to suspend somebody i would rather them be an is than go home then go home because but i mean one, as far as detention and all of that like he's saying like that's humiliating just like when we were little if somebody did something wrong oh go sit in time out and then everyone's like "Ooh, this person Went but to time out like yeah. but timeout is what 10 minutes you go sit in the corner but it's still something that is embarrassing for them and then it makes them you know think differently but, but and, still, did like, you guys you ever get put that, into they timeout still repeat their same mistakes you got to show them that okay you want to do the right thing then 
This but after a certain amount of time, that kid keeps doing that. Like uh, I've and I've seen it in my own classrooms when I was little. Like the kid would be put into timeout every single day and get the red punch card and all of this stuff and silent lunch, literally for years because we were all in the same classroom, K through five, nothing fixed. And we realized it was because his parents were getting a divorce and he was upset and he didn't want to do anything and he wanted to lash out because he wasn't getting the attention from his divorced parents, which is so so upsetting. Like that's what you need to focus on instead of just putting them in timeout a hundred times. So, Arta, how many detentions did you, did you get in high school? We didn't have well, detention. There oh, that's no, right. You guys are bougie. But I, I did go to um, detention in middle school for getting into a fight. Not my fault, but I defended did you myself. Did you win? Yeah I, yeah, I guess so. I won. I pushed him over the table. <laughs> okay. He said, do you want to see a magic trick? And then he, he like, pulls apart uh, buttered bread and, like, sticks it on top of my head. And I just, like, launch him over the table, and we both go to detention. Okay, good. He deserved it. Yeah. But then after detention, we became best friends. So I guess it kind of That's worked. always happens. Yeah. <laughs> we became really <laughs> close friends afterwards. Mato, what about you? How many detentions? I'm not sure, but I really wasn't someone that would get in trouble. Like, even if I was, like, fooling around, like... I was always seen so innocently in everyone's eyes. So you, they you would... knew the line not to cross. You yeah. On the Although line. my elementary school was on some next level shit. Like I remember my fourth grade teacher told all of us girls that we like were going to hell and like we had black hearts and like, yeah, they, like the girls in my class were crazy though. I'll give them that. Like I had birthday parties where girls would try to like suffocate the other one in the pool. And they'd like take the other one's bathing suit and like throw it on a yeah. There's like a lot that goes wow. on. That was amazing. It sounds like one of those bad high school movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like it was me really, really fun, but for sure like we were crazy. So so uh, I, John, I have, I have two, a question for you. Two. I, I had two detentions. Oh go go ahead. All right, finish your, so finish your detention. I had five detentions. But I served two of them because I stapled the other three to one. Serves it all together. Nice. Genius. Genius. A little scotch tape and like kind of stuck it to like where like and like compressed oh, it. Oh, you just like put so it up. Like, oh, here's my detention. Yeah. See, those they, are they skills were... that schools don't teach. You got to like learn those things. Hey, so, see, my detention, what, what was it? One time I was part of a detention where the entire class got detention. Oh, that sucks. Okay? Oh, that's a word. I was just guilty by association. The other one was I forgot my school ID and they were doing random ID checks. And I had that one day I forgot my school ID and I got detention. So yeah, I think profession. if I ever did get detention, it was like in high school and it's because our shorts had to be like finger length and like I'm not wearing finger length. Like, you know, how like, we, didn't, we didn't ask Armaga how many detentions she had. It's okay. We didn't have any. Well, guys, detention have, didn't have, exist, I a... but I did get in trouble a lot in elementary school. And I mean a lot to the point where they would call my dad to come pick me up because I talked too much in the middle of class and I was distracting <laughs> other people, huh. which is like my life now because I already talked too much now too but I would like to the point where like the teacher would be teaching and I would keep tapping people and be like oh my god did you watch the episode of like really balls last oh yeah I talked so much I was chatty Kathy at like six years old so was Bita you know this all makes so much sense but our high school didn't have detention but one time I did get in trouble because we had a psycho math teacher Arta knows who and the whole thing of like when you stand up, your fingertips are supposed to touch like your mm -hmm. shorts. And apparently mine were like an inch too short. And so she made me get up in front of everyone in class and gave me a ruler and told me in front of everyone to measure my shorts and then measure how big my thighs are and then compare it and explain to everyone why I was wearing something that was like half an inch too short. Yeah, which I was wasn't too, so I wasn't disgusting. And that, 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 that's borderline sexual assault. I know it was it, ridiculous. There's a lot wrong. And, and with she that. and she's a woman too. And teacher. she's a woman, and she was crazy. Hey, hey, sexual assault doesn't discriminate. That's true. She was crazy, and that's Car like the following worst. following on to this whole detention thing, John. I had a question for you. I know I know you're in high school, but they get rowdy sometimes. And in America, there's a lot of lawsuits and whatnot. People get sued. Now I'm wondering, like in terms of discipline, like disciplining these kids, like how far do you guys go in far discipline? Because I'll say like in Iran, there's no detention, nothing like that. You'll get a straight up like hit on the, you know, body hit face, like Kotak means like a hit <laughs> with like a ruler, a like snack or ruler. They will, like Bro, they still, they still so to this day do that. They still yeah, hit it's you. It's a little outdated, but I, I see where he's going. Sometimes they still okay. do it. To clean but, up but it works bit. because a lot of the kids are disciplined. They like a lot of the, they learn their mannerisms through that way. So like I know here, like 
you can't do that. You can't touch a kid because it's so sensitive. Like, but but you could touch a kid as far as like to break up a fight or something. But I mean, so like, say they're they're just disrupting, disrupting, and like it's, you just um, gotta just shut that. You you have to touch them to break up a fight, but it's like, and I think that may be the extent of it. You're supposed to be quite delicate with it, right? You right. can't just like, like body can't. slam them off the other right. kid. <laughs> you can't yeah, push yeah. them over the table. Like, you, I mean, you poke a you poke a kid, you're getting like thirty phone calls from parents. Here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, yes, but like we're protected. It's really the school board that gets the lawsuits. I feel like even if you okay. raise your voice nowadays as a teacher, like the kid will go home and cry to mommy and daddy. And no, no, no. I've heard. Yeah, I, I, I also think that depends on the neighborhood you're teaching in. Exactly. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I had right. friends yeah. who like went to school with me and their moms would, you know, be like those moms that would come in for like helping with different things. And as soon as something would go wrong, they'd go run to their parents and be like, yeah, you know. That depends on the, on the individual. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, you know, since we're having a light conversation about that, one of the funniest things I ever did was in middle school. I um I used to sell test answers in clear pens. Wait, uh, what? Mm-hmm. I used to uh, buy those RSVP pack of pens, the clear ones, and then I would uh, I stole the teacher's uh, test answer booklet and I would type the answers on in size like three font and then put them in the pen capsule and sell the pen for five dollars. Oh for my! Test. You had a business mindset from the get go. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I, I, I got one to top that. I, I got one to top yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would charge fifty dollars to Photoshop report cards. See. And and I would fix the GPA too. And also consider that I Photoshop your last report card and calculate the GPA accordingly. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember one time my teacher like left the room to use the bathroom or something. And I just went into his desk and I found the exam answers for like the final for like all grades that he was teaching. And I just took all of them, <laughs> took a copy of each, like sold, like gave them to different classes depending on who I knew. Oh my God. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Why do we think, why do you think we have this like mentality to like kind of cut corners or like if it's easy to like cheat or something, then we go it's for America. It. That's what America's based on. Listen, listen. It's, <laughs> it's the country that Honestly, we're in. I think at that point, I, I just thought it, like it was this. fun. I was it 16, I was in high school. I was like, you know. I look at it, it's not my responsibility as a high school student to control whether you're studying or getting good grades. That is the teachers and that's your parents' responsibility. My job is to get it done. My my job is to is, is you, you pay me fifty bucks. You got the report card you wanted. I, I were would, you I, were were you photoshopping your own or were you actually no, doing your work? No. Okay, okay. I, I remember I would get to the class early if we had a test, and you know how we they had those um stand up cardboard things. To, yeah, 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 yeah. I would get there early and you know stand up my thing and start writing the answers like on the bottom real quick before mm -hmm. the teacher got so you know i had it right there so like i would just keep glancing i i also had a system um where i would sit this was especially because i love history so i would sit in front of history class and the people behind me would want to cheat off of me um so they would i would have toe taps tap it once for a twice for b and so on and so forth can, can a teacher really catch on to that something subtle like that i think a lot of teachers put a blind eye if to they it. cheated when they were in high school yeah. i had like a math teacher who loved <laughs> like, me and like lately yeah. would see me I laugh at some someone stuff. else's what well, was that matter i think certain teachers definitely hold a blind eye to it you know there's teachers that like they clearly see the whole class as like helping each other well or, like, i, I would say phones out but there's i used to have so much i used to have randomized tests like not just A, B, A, B. So here's the thing. My, here was my thing. I would label the test A, B, A, B, right? Uh-huh. They also had a number on it. And uh -huh. I was going off the number. And the kids thought it was A, B, A, B. So they were but trying to Multiples of three were the different tests. So the kids like, ooh, I got next to a B. I'm going to copy of his. Like, ah, you failed. You set up. You're an idiot. And I would let them just copy each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I used to do it like that, natural consequences. You, you think teachers let things go when, it, when the curriculum is like just nonsense? When it, or if the curriculum is generally just not important? The curriculum is never nonsense. It's how the teacher applies. Okay. There's no like, there's no subject that's just straight nonsense. If they, they make it nonsense. They make anything interesting because they're, they're broad topics. It's like critical thinking and da 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 da. Like you, right. how, how funny make that is up to you. Right. So that was a lot. I feel like we could go another two hours. Yeah. Okay. Do we have any final questions for John? I have, I have one final question. Tell me. Do you think educators should be getting paid more? 100%. I think they should be getting paid more, which will then create a more competitive market. Right. To then 
attract people who are experts in other fields that now can make more money as educators and then teach those people the skill set to be good educators. And I think we'll just overall push the bar up. Make, so you're make, saying that they should be they should be looked at at the same tier as say doctors or lawyers, you know, a high it, tier that profession. Level. Well, that's why you get you get to this point where teachers have to truly love what they do to yeah. get paid that minuscule salary. There's a lot of people that love it that leave and do successful things. Like I think it's we're at a forty percent rate of teachers leaving the first five years, and then they go and excel at other professions. So if we could like pharmaceutical reps, lawyers, doc, like they go back to school and get their doctor degrees and this and like because they don't see the upward gain of staying in education. It's a it's the best job right out of college. Yeah. Like I'm you sorry. Get, you get great benefits. You're, you got good benefits. What are you, you making now? Forty health insurance. Forty one. You the make game. like forty five thousand dollars like right out of college. Like it's a good starter job. The problem is most growth in the business world is within the first five years of salary. Like if you if you go to a new job whatever you're crushing it you're going to get bonuses and fast growth early to keep you there and teaching the growth happens the last five years not the first five so what happens in those first five years your good talent leaves all the time it's a revolving door of talent yeah even even now with that bill that desantis just signed giving the new teachers that have been hired within the past three years like a higher salary or raise that's not fair to the teachers that have been around Mm -hmm. for 10 plus years like the well, all their hard work is now equal to the amount of a person straight out of college who has no experience in that. It's not mm-hmm. fair. Because if they don't do that, we won't have teachers. Exactly. Because they want to attract new young people, right? Then we they, can't find them. Oh, so yeah. I'm, exactly. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it with one question for, the, for, the, for everyone. Arta, what is one thing you miss about elementary school? Nap time. You had nap time? Oh, yeah, I nap hated time. nap time. Okay. Matta, what about you? We had like ice cream trucks come to lunch for us and stuff, and I miss that every You guys Friday. went to nice, nice schools, man. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say, I get yeah, that. I don't know. Pop-up I don't know. Sandwiches, that's where I was at. Mine was the class birthday parties. Every time someone had a birthday, the mm-hmm. parents would come and bring cupcakes and pizza. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Half yeah, yeah. the day was gone celebrating someone's birthday. <laughs> True. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, me personally, it was a Mexican pizza day. Um, that that was a fire day. What about you, John? Field day. Field? I forgot about oh, field I forgot. day. I like forgot. Do you day. know how many participation <laughs> trophies I have? Field. <laughs> not gonna lie. My lazy, unathletic self hated field day. I mean, every field day, I would, I would pretend I was sick so my mom wouldn't send me to school. There was one game in particular that I loved. I, I forgot the name of it, but it was like, um, there's a bunch of beanie bags in the middle and everyone had to run in the middle and grab it, their beanie bag. Oh, to get I to their side or something. I forgot the, the name. The sack race you're talking about? No, oh. no, that's the, that's the, uh, it was oh, like, you're talking about. That's the it potato sack race. Yeah. It was called like garbage or something. Yeah, you collect as many beanbags to get back to your base. On- yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay. That was fun. That. So, so John, in the spirit of our of uh, what we're trying to do here, last week's challenge was everybody's going to run three miles a day uh, for good health. Um, so that's physical health. Uh, what challenge do you have for us this week that uh, we can all do? 20 minutes of meditation a day? Mental okay, so that's 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 looking at our mental health now. Yeah, so right. last week was physical, this week is mental. You guys can keep up on it with our Instagram stories. We've been reporting daily, daily. posts. Yeah, you can follow like us and, and you can also join in with us. This is the final day. Hashtag Use hashtag, hashtag noose challenge. So, so we're going to, in, in our posts uh, with this pod, we're going to tag uh, John's um, socials on here as well. Uh, John, what's your, um, your Instagram tag for the audience? It is uh, at I am J extra. So I am J E X T R A. Okay. And we'll tag that for everybody. Um, make sure you follow his page. He has excellent content on there. It really makes you think, you know, especially on the stories that he puts up, the different entrepreneurial uh, thought process and, you know, different things that he's doing. And for um, viewers thinking about getting into the education system, I'm sure maybe you can shoot John a DM and ask him any questions about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, John, I feel like John's an open book. You could ask him about Wouldn't anything. Matter. Yeah, I'm going to share um, my opinion. This man has been through life. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, and as for us, as usual, please like, follow, subscribe, share. Um, give us any feedback. Uh, more than welcome the feedback that you give us. You know, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have thank a great you. week, everyone. And thank you, John, for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you, John. Yeah. We appreciate your time. That was really uh, helpful, and we learned a lot. I learned a lot from you guys today. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.